Welcome to the audio podcast of the weekly sermon of the First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. As we begin to repopulate our historical and recently renovated sanctuary for worship, online worship will continue Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live on firstchurchbrooklyn.org, as well as the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Now, this week's message. Good morning, First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. I'm going to take a breath. Y'all take a breath, too, if you need it. I'm Rebecca Stevens-Walter. I am the Minister for Intergenerational Culture and Children, Youth, and Families here at First Presbyterian Church of Brooklyn. Now, it was not until I was an adult that I learned that pulpits are coveted. I didn't know that you didn't just preach, you were invited. I didn't know that the actual physical pulpit, the wood and the fabric and the electronics, was a place to be invited. So for me, to be invited here today is quite an honor. That Adrian is so generous with this pulpit, when many pastors often are not, speaks to her intention of bringing a plethora of voices to this congregation and understanding that this pulpit is God's. It's not First Church's, it's not hers, it's not mine. To preach from here is to be part of the body of Christ in a very special way. So to Reverend Adrian, a pastor, a colleague, and a fellow mother working on Mother's Day, Thank you for the space. Mothering is one of the most complicated experiences in the human experience. And for me, mothering is holy. And by holy, I mean it's that place where God meets us in the messiness and the mystery of the human experience. There are many ways to mother and many experiences of mothering. Not all mothers give biological birth. Not all mothers are assigned female at their own birth. Not all mothers want to be mothers. Not all mothers love their children, and not all children love their mothers. And we as a church celebrate pride, which is not a religious holiday, but nonetheless, in my opinion, holy. Black History Month is not religious, but it is holy. Women's History Month is not a religious holiday, but it is holy, in my opinion. Earth Day is not religious, but indeed holy. So today I want to encourage us to celebrate Mother's Day, the experiences in the human experience that of mothering. My friends typically are of an ancient preaching style. They're interactive, intergenerational, outdoors, and short. (laughs) Today, 
I am preaching in a very 20th century preaching style. This sermon will be long and specific. It is more for listening than interacting. It is for longer attention spans. And it's better if you've got some knowledge of the Bible and the church. You're going to hear me today use us and we language. I think of First Church as a place that is everyone's and God's. And usually I avoid saying us and we. Church is not just those in the pews or watching online, but also folks passing on the sidewalk, scrolling the website, and emailing asking for our COVID policy. This is the church. There is no we here at First Church. There is only First Church. Today, us and we is in reference to those who are here in this physical and virtual space, now and whoever encounters this message in its digital future. The message I bring is a call to action for those of us to take action beyond these physical and virtual walls. And if you're the sort of person to listen to this sermon at all, this message is for you, and you are us. Now, I'll admit that there may be folks who struggle to stay with the sermon today. It is a blessing of our hybrid lives that you can return to this sermon later. Maybe you're cleaning up after your six-month-old who had a fight with their oatmeal this morning. Maybe your newborn is screaming in your face. Maybe your six-year-old is begging you to play trains with them. Maybe your 12-year-old needs help with their homework. Maybe you need a nap. Well, this sermon is not going to help you with any of that. So, Mom, if you just need to be doing something else right now, because now is the only time you can get it done, let this instead be the sermon for you. Turn this down. Turn it way down. And if this is a thing for you, turn on PBS Kids and go do that other thing. Go do that other important life-giving thing, like maybe take a nap. Happy Mother's Day. Lastly, there's a content warning that I want to share with you. In the following words, I will be referencing um, tragic death of children, police violence, and traumatic birth. You're invited to pray with me. May these words be the good news. As it lives in your will, O Holy Spirit, my God and my guide. Amen. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. And if you don't already know, the Bible is full of stories of women present and absent, who fight for their children, and women who struggle with the realities of motherhood in a society that seeks to oppress both them and their children. And certainly, mothering is a very human experience. 
And it is a story that is told throughout the biblical text. Mary, mother of Jesus, worried about her child and protected her child. And at the most painful moment of his life, she kept vigil as, at his feet as he died on the cross. Eve experienced painful and no doubt traumatic birth when she gave birth to her children. Yehobed put her baby Moses in a basket and sent him down a river, a risk she chose because the chance of a free life was worth it. And later, he continued his mother's legacy of being a liberator and became a liberator himself. The story goes, Paul and Silas were in jail. It was with their singing and praying that the walls of the jail crumbled. I wonder where they learned those songs. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. It starts with just a few tools of liberation, safety, confidence, praying, dancing, and yes, singing. We can do those things, and the walls of scarcity and fear and naysaying that trap us in a fortress of stagnation crumble. And when we use those tools, we not only liberate ourselves, but we teach ourselves to be free. We teach others to be free. We teach our children to be free. We are giving the tools of liberation when we use them for ourselves. Our singing breaks down walls. And today... There are women who want to be mothers and can't. This is the story of Rebecca and Sarah and Hannah and several more unnamed women in the Bible. There are women who are terrified to start the journey to motherhood because it could pose a threat to their own health. For many people, pregnancy is deadly. Now, the Bible doesn't place a rule on the right of abortion, but rather in the book of Leviticus, the Bible takes up the debate of the choice to be pregnant or not and the relationship between a pregnant person and their fetus and the value placed on each one individually. Does that sound familiar? The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. Recognition is a biblical narrative. Trans mothers are fighting for the recognition of their identity within the LGBTQIA community and the wider world. Breaking cycles is a biblical narrative. Queer women are breaking cycles with their own children after having been abused, neglected, and rejected by their own mothers. Birth-related death and infant mortality are biblical narratives. And black indigenous women of color in this country 
experienced substantially higher birth-related death and infant mortality. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. Our own Mother Earth breathes and labors for the lives of us all if only we keep her alive. And then I think of Toni Morrison who woke up every morning at 4 a.m. before her children to write. And then I think of Sabrina Fulton. She is the mother of Trayvon Martin. Leslie McSpadden, the mother of Michael Brown. Samiria Rice, the mother of Tamir Rice. All mothers who are now fighting for the memory and the legacy of their children. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. And if you didn't already know, the Bible is full of stories of women, present and absent, who fight for their children and women who struggle with the realities of motherhood in a society that seeks to oppress both them and their children. Often when children are injured or die, people ask, where were the parents? Now I'm white, but this is disproportionate, I imagine it, for black and brown people, the questioning of parental competence. And I wonder if Paul and Silas got the same inquiry. Where were their parents? Where did they go wrong that led to the incarceration of their own children? The story goes Paul and Silas were in jail, and it was with their singing and praying that the walls of the jail crumbled. I wonder where they learned those songs. If you didn't know, the Bible is full of stories of women, present and absent, who fight for their children. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. As a new mother, singing was the only way I could get my infant to sleep. Generally, with few exceptions, Wren, my oldest, slept for about 20 minutes, about every 20 minutes, for about 18 months. When he slept, I had at least some of my body restored to my own. So the fact that singing was the tool for getting him to sleep meant that singing was a tool of liberation for me. New motherhood for me brought a wealth of challenges that I had no way I could prepare myself for, amen? I suffered with anxiety and depression. I struggled with the pressures to do mothering correctly based on extremely unrealistic standards. My husband had to almost immediately return to work because it turns out helpless humans come with unexpected expenses. I was in grad school at the time, and friends, there is no family leave in academia. Wren was born on a Friday, and I went to class on Monday. 
carrying him in a sling and taking notes while he nursed. And the lack of sleep exacerbated all of these challenges. My body was almost never without another human being being physically attached to it. But to this day, and he's five and a half, if I sing just one or two lines of Bring Me Little Water Sylvie, Wren's eyes will droop and close, his body will release all tension, and he will fall asleep. And then my body releases all tension, and I feel the space to rest. The story goes, Paul and Silas were in jail, and it was their singing and praying that the walls of the jail crumbled. I wonder where they learned those songs. I wonder, did Paul and Silas's mothers sing to them? Did they get rocked to sleep? Did they whisper loving lyrics and prayers in their ears? Now, a brief history of music traces the blues back to spirituals and then further back to songs that enslaved people sang while laboring or escaping. Songs were sung as code for escape routes. And children were taught these songs from infancy as an oral tradition of the struggle for freedom. These songs were lullabies sung to babies and then used to seek freedom. Remember Moses? Our co-chair for Children, Youth, and Families, Mary Chang, says, we give our children to the world. And if the church is in the world which it is called to be, then we give our children to the church. That's baptism, right? Baptism is that charge to us adults that we will nurture, foster, and care for a child, indeed an act of mothering. The church raises children too. The story goes, Paul and Silas were in jail, and it was with their singing and praying that the walls of the jail crumbled. I wonder where they learned those songs. And at some point, Paul and Silas were given to the world by the people who raised them. They were put out there with tools and skills taught to them by the people who were charged with their well-being. Perhaps they were taught certain social skills and manners. Perhaps they were taught to stand by their convictions. Perhaps they were given songs to sing when they needed comfort. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. Friends, what we give our children can either be tools for liberation or tools for oppression. Safety is a tool for liberation. Confidence is a tool for liberation. And also, praying is a tool for liberation. Dancing is a tool for liberation. And singing is a tool for liberation. And these tools are often held in the hands of women. My mother-in-law, who is a black woman and a critical race theorist by way of academia, talks about the job of women to carry the culture. To carry the culture. 
It's women who know those unspoken rules of society and pass them on to children. It's women who teach us how to pray, and it's women who sing the songs that we pass down the generations. Here at First Church on Easter Sunday, a mother held another mother's baby so that she could go sing in the choir. Sing in the choir. And this woman not only held this baby, but she rocked and burped and paced and cajoled. On Easter Sunday, 2022, a mother of three took on the care of another mother's child. The church raises children too. And when I saw that profound act of community and love, I thought, wow, this is a church where I wish I had been when my babies were babies. And this is the church where I'm choosing now to bring my children every week. Friends, I am a church snob. (laughs) And in many ways, we're doing it really well here. The church raises children too. We have a majority of women in leadership positions here. And also, we are not immune to misogyny. My children are welcome here in their most authentic selves. And also, I want them to know that this church is theirs. It is for their spiritual and emotional and physical safety and well-being, as it is any adults who puts money in the offering plate or serves on a committee. The church raises children, too. My multiracial and multicultural married partnership is welcome here, and also, it is our family's call that I be the primary breadwinner, and I lament that my partner spends each Sunday somewhere else, because that's how we're able to pay for child care and medical care for our family. There is much to celebrate here and much to work on, and that work The messiness and the glory is holy. Our world is full of women, present and absent, who fight for their children, and women who struggle with the realities of motherhood in a society that seeks to oppress both them and their children. So we can start with just a few rules for liberation. Safety, confidence, praying, dancing, and singing, we can do those things. And I promise, the walls of scarcity and fear and naysaying that trap us in a fortress of stagnation will crumble. And when we use those tools, we not only liberate ourselves, but we teach our children to be free. We are giving them the tools of liberation when we use them for ourselves. The story goes that Paul and Silas were in jail, and it was with their singing and praying that the walls of the jail crumbled. Our singing breaks down walls. The Bible tells the story of humanity as it relates to God. We, church, in a bold act of mothering, 
are singing our children to freedom. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust you are fed as well as challenged by the content. This audio archive supplements a video library of the entire service. The video, along with music from our internationally recognized gospel choir, is available on firstchurchbrooklyn.org. We provide hybrid worship options with both in-person and online worship Sunday morning at 11 a.m. We are live in the sanctuary, as well as firstchurchbrooklyn.org and the church Facebook page at facebook.com slash firstchurchbrooklyn. All one word, no spaces. Visit firstchurchbrooklyn.org for more information on safety protocols and pre-registration options. Remember that now, as always, you are loved.